Under the Hood <laughs> with Jonathan Hood. Get it. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying and it's gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Ball runs right in the air deep. Is it enough? It's gone! Ball game over! Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Rubisky. Robinson. And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. DeMarc and it. He didn't come for the massage. He came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Jonathan Hood. Put a body on that man. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Swift. Under the hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Nights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hour number two. Welcome in to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. Singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We're here till 9 o'clock this evening. We are open for business and your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Or you can tweet at us throughout the show. We will get back to you on Twitter throughout the program. Welcome to NBA Free Agency Weekend, Abdallah. Oh, this we is where it's it. all going to go down. We finally made it, Chris, after a long, yes. long off season in the NBA. Finally, we get the season we out of the way. Finally, the get finals some... to the side, and now we get to the real stuff, I NBA mean, Free it, Agency. Everything that everyone expected happened, to, right? The Warriors won a, the championship. Oh, yes. Steph won MVP. Sure. Like, everything happened that we... Oh, wait a minute. LeBron played 82 games, and the wait Lakers got beat on a last-second shot. Oh, wait, no, they didn't. They missed the playoffs, and LeBron had uh, issues for the first time in his career. So, yeah, we're here to talk NBA with you at 312-332-3776. And, Abdallah, let's take a look at the landscape of the National Basketball Association. The head name in the meetings taking place, we start with Kawhi Leonard. It sounds like even though he will give the Raptors a shot, he will meet with the Clippers and he's going to meet with the Lakers. Let's go to earlier this morning, Stephen A. Smith on Get Up, talking about Kawhi Leonard considering the Lakers. From last night and this morning, I have received word that he is seriously considering the Los Angeles Lakers. Can we all just pause on that for one brief moment? <laughs> just keep <laughs> Because up, yes. that's pretty significant. That, that, you, you are, you are, can you just say that again, please? I am receiving word that Kawhi Leonard is seriously considering the Los Angeles Lakers. The Clippers are very, very nervous right now. And obviously, in the case of the Toronto Raptors, he wants to grant you a meeting. But why be? Why should, why should he even require a meeting? You just won a championship with them. You played with them for the last year. So you're going to listen to their pitch or whatever. But I don't see why they would, they would need to, to have a pitch. Uh, so it comes down to, to Toronto or one of the L.A. teams. You don't dismiss the Clippers. But I was told specifically, do not dismiss the Lakers, the Lakers are in play for Kawhi Leonard. So that's Stephen A. Smith on ESPN's Get Up this morning, and that's how the news day started in the NBA, was that Kawhi is now actually considering thinking that he could join this super team of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Cal Kuzma, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Let me just say something about Stephen A. Smith. A lot of people have opinions about Stephen A. Smith, about well, his hot Stephen takes. Stephen A. has a lot of opinions. A lot of about his hot takes and about his yelling and his staying off the weed and he's a great meme and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> Stay but let off me, the weed. Let me, t- let me take you back. 
Let me take you yes. back. Happy birthday to him. Let me yes, take yes. you back to 2010. Chris, you and I mm-hmm. were producing Chicago's Game Night. Yeah, this very program. Actually, I believe we called it LeBron James Tonight. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't think the audio for that uh, intro works anymore because fine. it's so dated. But yeah. But you and yeah. I uh-huh. called up a Stephen A. Smith. He was already in his pajamas. He told me he was literally in his pajamas. And he came on with us and he said, this is before anybody else said it, LeBron James is going to sign with the Heat. He goes, you guys in Chicago can get your hopes up. Everybody else in the country can get their hopes up. LeBron James is signing with the Heat. And that was before anybody said it. So if, if Stephen A is saying it, yeah, I know he's got hot takes and everything like that on first take with Max Kellerman. I get that. But trust me, when he says something... He's got sources behind it, and he means it. Stephen A. is very plugged in, and he's very good yes. on the NBA. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Well, okay, so if Kawhi Leonard's going to consider the Lakers, what will the Lakers pitch to Kawhi Leonard to convince him to stay? Here's Adrian Wojnarowski earlier today talking about this very thing. It would be the biggest big three, maybe of all. Listen, the pitch the Lakers have to make to Kawhi Leonard is what's authentic to them. And that's L.A. The Lakers are the team of stars. It is the franchise of superstars. It is the place to play under the biggest spotlight, with the most attention, with the biggest fan base in the world. And now you're going to play with the biggest star in all of basketball, LeBron James, maybe the most talented all-around big man in the game, in Anthony Davis. And you can do it near home, near your San Diego home. He loves Southern California. That's why the Clippers have been in this. Mm-hmm. And that's your pitch. But you've got to, you've got to know whether that is what Kawhi Leonard wants because you can't go in there and try to be something you're not as an organization. That's Adrian Wojnarowski on SportsCenter earlier today. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So Adam, if we take a look at this situation, I think some people who watch the NBA and just maybe the common sports fan kind of uh, saw what took place in the NBA Finals and they said, ah, good, finally, the super teams are done in the league. Right, The Golden State Warriors didn't win a championship, and based on the financials of the whole situation, unless Kevin Durant signs back with the Warriors, this super team is going to be pulled apart based on Durant leaving, Clay's going to get a super max from them, then they have to worry about Draymond Green, they have a luxury tax, all these different moving pieces and parts and injured players go into the Golden State Warriors. So basically, for right now, the super team of the Warriors is put on pause, mm-hmm. and we'll see if it ever continues in the future. Okay. I think some people saw that as an opportunity to say, whew, finally, the league's going to get away from this. Mm-mm. You wait, what, a week, two weeks, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get Anthony Davis with LeBron James with the Lakers, and this week they clear space for a max spot of cap space, and now Kawhi Leonard's interested in this? I don't know if I, I I can grasp that this is a good thing for the league. I get that the Lakers being good is good for the league. I get that LeBron being in the playoffs is good for the league. I'm happy to see Anthony Davis be on a team where we can see him play meaningful basketball. That's all good. But Kawhi, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, all on the same team. And who else, though? Well, who else? Kyle because Kuzma. we saw okay, but we saw with the Warriors. And you'll this have year, like six guys on mid-level exceptions. We saw with the Warriors exactly. That's the point. We saw with the Warriors this year because they didn't have depth and they only had their three or four guys that could get the job done. And when the bench came in, it was just a, 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 a sieve of points for the other team. So what what do they do? Because ultimately 
These are guys, Anthony Davis isn't the healthiest guy in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard's dealt with injury. And LeBron James is getting old and has also dealt with injuries too. So you're putting together three guys that have dealt with injuries in the past, three guys that have dealt with injuries in the recent past, and you're going to have no bench whatsoever. So yeah, on paper, they might be the favorite just because Vegas is going to make them the favorite because that's what Vegas does. But ultimately, there are teams, the, the, the Clippers have money, the, the uh, Dallas Mavericks have money, the Nets have money, the Knicks have money. All of these teams have money, and they have more depth. What's wrong with the Nets have money and really good players? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. Good young core, yeah. The, the Celtics have good players. They have a lot of depth on that team. Well, it, it's the just... The 76ers. It feels like the league is wide open, even though a super team is about to assemble mm-hmm. and make the league completely unopened. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it feels like right now, with all the teams in movement, right? Houston, the 76ers, the Celtics, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, all these teams kind of have a shot next year. The Raptors, if they keep Kawhi. Mm-hmm. But if the super team kind of takes fold and you have Kawhi, lebron and anthony davis it's no longer open now you're playing for second place and that's kind of how we went into last season listen i saw avengers infinity war okay i know i know that that things can happen i know that you know people that if when you assemble the avengers essentially of the nba it might not work out the way people think yeah they're gonna make the playoffs obviously but if if health is an issue if depth is an issue, I don't think it's as wide open as people think. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah talking NBA with you right now on ESPN One Thousand. So the Super Team, are you interested in the fact that Kawhi might go to the Lakers? Would you rather see him stay with the Raptors? Would you rather see him go to the Clippers? I kind of want him to go to the Clippers and to see the Clippers become a great team. And to rival what LeBron and AD have with the Lakers. I think that would be a good rivalry for the NBA. That would give you a primetime matchup on West Coast time frame to have two teams mm-hmm. in Staples. And then when they play each other, sharing that building. I think that would be really good and interesting for the league because then you get a team that's not your usual team that's pretty good. The Celtics, the Lakers, what we've seen from the past. You know, do you kind of look at this whole situation as like, What's the point of trying if this happens? Well, I mean, playoff bonuses. But, but like, okay, if you're not going to move towards a super team, like, and this is where where I'm getting at, right? Yeah. LeBron seems to be controlling everything. Yeah. For the entire league, for every team. If he gets this to happen, he controls everything for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So if the Bulls can never get the guy who can control everything, will the Bulls ever get to that point to even be in the conversation? What are they supposed to do? Not be a franchise anymore? Well, no, no, that's not the point. But it's demoralizing as a fan of a specific team when you're not a fan of the Lakers Mm -hmm. because the Lakers just always find a way. Every time in NBA history when they've hit a down spot, they've bounced back with Shaq. They've bounced back with a Paul Gasol trade that led to two championships. They bounced back with LeBron James wanting teams, to sign there just because he he has a lot on Warner Brothers for his production company, so he wants to move to L.A. Those teams have depth. This team has three guys, Kuzma and nothing. That's it. That's it. They don't have anything else. Who's going to play when these guys need rest? Who? I don't know. Exactly. And, and you know that Kawhi Leonard, not, he's not going to play 82 games. No. LeBron won't play 82 games no. anymore. And I wouldn't play Anthony Davis 82 either. No. Here's the other thing I would point out to you. You have three guys who are really good. Probably all all three fall in the top six of the league, mm-hmm. right? 
And I know we always do this thing where we have a uh, top five players in the league, and then mm-hmm. we throw like fifteen guys into the top five. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, but yeah. but these five is a rotating these, door. These are a, legitimately three of like the top six players in the league. Who's going to sacrifice on this squad? Oh, LeBron. LeBron. Are you sure? Absolutely. Hold, 100%. Hold up. hold up. Go back to the start of last season. The idea with the Lakers last season was the ball wasn't going to be in LeBron's hands, and he was going to rest throughout the season. He was going to allow Alonzo uh, Ball to facilitate. He was going to to give some of the load to others, some of the young Lakers. Yeah, but look what that they were lasted all with. of like two weeks. Yeah, but now you're giving the ball up for Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. Like, this isn't... The key. This isn't Lonzo Ball the here. The key to the super team before with the Miami Heat was Chris Bosh was okay in taking a lesser role. He was more than okay of mm-hmm. not being the 27 points per game scorer with the Raptors that he was, that when he was with the Heat, he was the guy that was the third fiddle. Mm-hmm. He was okay with that. You take a look at Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen when they came together. Garnett wasn't quite the scoring option he was when he was with the Timberwolves. He was a great defensive player in the heart of that team. But Paul Pierce and Ray Allen were the offensive keys to that group. Offensively, when you take a look at the Warriors, Clay Thompson, his personality, and the fact that Draymond's not much of an offensive player scoring-wise, allow that super team to work with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. You take a look at this squad with Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, if this happens, who's going to take the, the third seat there? Anthony Anthony Davis is in his prime. He's the number one That's option. That's why it's right? going to be LeBron. Because LeBron's at a point in his career. See, I don't where see he LeBron can, doing where, that. No, where if he needs to take over a game, he can. If he needs to say, this is my night, it's my night. But ultimately, he's going to go back to being LeBron the facilitator. It's still his team. I understand that okay? it's his team. He, I don't, he's not going to take the third seat there. Yes, he is. Watch. I, watch. Yeah, I think the hope there would be that Kawhi would do it just because Kawhi doesn't say anything. Kawhi's not. So what do they do? Just unlock the Kawhi when they need to? Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe you just bring him out in the playoffs. Uh, an interesting player that I'm keeping my eyes on, Jimmy Butler. Where's he going to go? Where's a good fit for Jimmy Butler? Here's Zach Lowe. Look, Daryl has never really cared about fit. It's just it's just like if we can get superstar talent, you need a, you need a baseline of superstar talent to win. Now, you could argue the Raptors are the latest team to kind of disprove that. They have one super-duper-duper star and an all-star in Kyle Lowry and then a bunch of pieces that fit together. But that's Daryl's view. And I do think adding the third star, look, it compromises your depth. And we just saw with the Warriors. You take one injury to your stars, and if your depth is bad, you look like kind of a crippled team. But another star also works as a hedge against, okay, Chris Paul took a step back last year. If he's not Chris Paul, Chris Paul ever again, and he takes another step back, like we don't all of a sudden we can't go out here saying we have two of the fifteen best players in the NBA or whatever, whatever it is. And so you get Jimmy as a hedge against that. So another super team that might possibly come together, the Houston Rockets, if they can convince the 76ers to trade them, Jimmy Butler, to their roster. I think the best fit for Jimmy Butler would be staying with Philadelphia. That was Zach Lowe on ESPN.com. I think so too, unless he can go with someone. Like if 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 Kawhi doesn't decide he wants to go to L.A. and then they can't get Kyrie either, then I think they go to the Jimmy Butler out and then Jimmy's like, yeah, I'm going to take a bunch of money and I'm going to get rings. That's fine. Or if he goes to the Clippers with Kawhi. You know, if it's one of those situations. I don't think the... The problem is with Houston, you have too many 
I don't want to say toxic personalities, but too many. No, you do. Yeah. Chris okay. Paul, yes. Okay. If you add Jimmy right. Butler to that, yeah. yeah. Of Him, course. Harden, and Chris Paul, like, I don't. That's a lot of butting of heads. That, well, it's, a lot three, of, it's a lot of me first guys. Those are three guys that aren't willing to take a back seat no matter where they are in their career. Like, Chris Paul should be taking a back seat in his, at this point in his career. No. James Harden is going to want to shoot the ball every time ISO Harden. Jimmy Butler, we all know about it from Chicago, from his time here in Chicago, okay? ISO Butler, trust me. They're all going to want that. But if he goes to the Clippers with Kawhi, if he goes to uh, the Lakers, if no one ends up signing there and he's their third option, then I can see that working out. But ultimately, maybe with the East being depleted and nobody being there and Kawhi leaving and Kyrie leaving the Celtics, if he stays with the 76ers, they might be one of the best teams in the East. I see Jimmy Butler uh, breaking it down like this. I think there's three options for Butler. He looks at it this way. Where he can get the most money mm-hmm. is one. Where he can be famous is two. Or three, where he can win. I think if he wants to win, he stays with Philly. Mm-hmm. If he want, or yeah, I think winning in Philly is the best idea. If he just wants flat out the most money, he'll end up in New York mm-hmm. when the Knicks strike out on everyone else. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to be famous, he will take a discount and join the Lakers. But why can't all three be the Lakers? Because they have the money for a max player. He can be famous because he's friends with Mark, Mark Wahlberg and loves being in, L- in L.A. as it is. And he can win rings there. He can, it, 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 it fixes all three for him. You are right, 100%. The Clippers and would that, be too. that was the conclusion to my thesis statement. Oh, I'm sorry. And you got there before no, I did. I'm sorry. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Busted. I, I think that he could have it all by joining the Lakers. The problem is he's not as good as Kawhi, so they want Kawhi first. Well, of course they want Kawhi first. Everybody wants Kawhi first, but sometimes you got to settle for a Jimmy Butler. Chris Buckingham, Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's switch to this. Uh, did you see this on ESPN.com? They have the NFL page has the pro football focus rankings of all 32 teams heading into the 2019 NFL season. So Abdallah, pro football focus took the database. They ranked every roster as it stands right now, focusing on the expected starters. Pro Football Focus graded every player on every play from every game of last season, and they've now put together the projected lineups of offense and defense and spit out a list on how these teams have stacked up. We start with number 10 in the National Football League, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think the Colts have a lot of talent on their team. I think they should be be uh, a little bit higher. The way pro, pro Football Focus broke this down is they have four qualifications for players, or four grades, if you will. Below average, average, good, and elite. And so if you look at the Colts, they have a lot of nice pieces. Obviously, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when he's healthy in Andrew Luck. They added a lot to that defense. They, added, they still have T.Y. Hilton. So I think that... I tend to me, there's a lot of surprises based on how they did this, but this is just kind of like a formula thing. But ultimately, I, I think the Colts should be higher, in my opinion. You and I both agree. We both are very I'm high very, on very the high Indianapolis on Colts yes. this season. So, Bears fans, where are the Bears on this list? Number nine on the list, the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, I think that they are a team that they go as far as Kirk Cousins takes them, basically, right? Like, that's that's kind of that's kind of well, how it's been. It, it's simple to say that, but it's complicated because I think Kirk Cousins as a quarterback is very complicated to kind of figure out what he is. He's a tough quarterback to figure out what he is because when he's good, he's a very serviceable, if not franchise quarterback. When he's bad, he's very pedestrian. 
And, and that's the problem that lies within the Minnesota Vikings. So I think the key for them is they can't rely on Kirk Cousins having to be their best player. Yeah, and he's got a lot of help. He's got Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, and they're two of their, their higher-ranked players. Um, they have some weaknesses as well, but ultimately their weaknesses is keeping Kirk Cousins upright and keeping him out of pressure. So if they can do that, that team can be successful. Pro Football Focus ranked the top 32, oh, all 32 teams. We are giving you the top 10 in the NFL heading into this season. Number eight, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, I mean, you lose Antonio Brown, you lose Le'Veon Bell, you lose two of your huge playmakers on offense. It's just a matter of can Juju Smith-Schuster take that step and be Ben Roethlisberger's primary target. I, I will. I mean, better. And how much does Brian Roethlisberger still have in the tank? You know, there's. We always see Ben Roethlisberger getting trucked. He's blimping off the field, dragging a leg, and then he's in the next play just fine. So, like, it's just a matter of how healthy can he stay. It's all for effect, oh, It's all uh, yeah, for effect. I know, I know. Number seven on the list. This is surprising, and we are still waiting for the Chicago Bears on mm-hmm. the list. But number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs. They say that they, they are ranked this way because they lost D4, Justin Houston, and they combined for 137 quarterback pressures and 28 sacks last season. So they added Frank Clark to try to help their defense. But ultimately, we saw the Chiefs take take the Chiefs and take the over in Chiefs games. That was what you did last year because oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes had to score a lot of points because they gave up a lot of points. So as long as they can find a way to fix their defense, this is basically a just a knock on their defense, the reason that they're this low in the top 10. We stay in the AFC West for number six. That's the Los Angeles Chargers. I think this is going to be a team that most people who cover the NFL promote as the team to take the next step in the AFC this season. Do not do not sleep on this defense. This is going to be, by all measurables, one of the best defenses in the league. Their biggest strength right here, they list it. Uh, they've got the best cornerback duo in the league in Casey Hayward and Desmond King. They are going to be able to stop people, and that's always been the weakness for the Chargers. Everybody knows about watching that afternoon game with the Chargers right before 60 minutes starts, and they're giving up the lead, and Phillip Rivers has got the Phillip Rivers face on the sideline because now he's got to try to go down the field again with 45 seconds left does. in the game. Every and he does. He does. He does. He does. But ultimately, now that they've shored up that defense, now that they've got uh, Mike Williams, who's going to take that next step in his in his second year, like you look at what they can do, and I'm super high on the Chargers. I know you are too. We've been saying it for a while now. We're very high on the Chargers. Number five, the Chicago Bears. They rank in at number five as the most talented roster heading into 2019 in this upcoming season. All of their elite players, all of their good slash uh, great players are on defense where you have the question marks and that's where they say the biggest weaknesses is Mitchell Trubisky. And this is not hating on Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the Sounds reason like you're hating. On Mitchell him. Trubisky is going to be the reason this team goes to a Super Bowl or this team doesn't make the playoffs because you have a Super Bowl caliber defense. Yes, you have a new defensive coordinator, but ultimately you have a team that is ready to win the Super Bowl now. And yeah, everybody says, oh, he drove them down the field twice in the last nine minutes. Yeah, how was the first half? How was the first half? How was the first half? And how was the second half? Defense? So so the piece on ESPN.com writes this for the biggest weakness. The Bears will likely go only as far as their quarterback will allow them and hope for a much better performance from Mitchell Trubisky in 2019. He finished with just a 31... With just the 31st highest quarterback grade last season and led the league with 11 interceptions from a clean pocket. Mm -hmm. 
31st in the league in a clean pocket. Oh, but Chris, he was, it points he, was out, the, he was the best when under pressure. And it points out that clean pocket performance, of course, is one of the more stable metrics when it comes year to year when grading quarterbacks in the National Football League. Listen, you and I have always said that they're going to get as far as the quarterback takes them. And well, I right. just, he, and he just he, hasn't proven it yet. He just and hasn't it, proven it if yet. If he is better, the Bears are going to be golden this and, next and season. And that's awesome. I hope he is. He's got a uh, lot of athleticism and he's got a lot of talent. And here, I hope he does it. But Here are the top four. The Philadelphia Eagles at four. The Saints at three. The Rams at two. And number one, the New England Patriots. Yeah, I think that that's a decent ranking, except for I, I don't know how the New England Patriots are that high. Their biggest weakness uh, is a true pass rush, is what they say here. But ultimately, I, the, the, as long as they have Tom Brady, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NBA. But I NFL. don't know. or I'm Sorry, NFL. Don't be sorry. You just said the wrong sport. Yeah, uh, in the NFL. But I don't see them as the most complete team. Abdallah, you don't have to be sorry. Sorry, I'm reading a Woj tweet about uh, Kevin Durant. Anything I, I need to know? Gold State's Kevin Durant is planning to engage four teams in discussions upon the opening of NBA free agency on Sunday. The Nets, the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Warriors. League sources tell ESPN. We talk more football coming up next with Matt Williamson from the Locked On NFL podcast on iTunes. Bears and NFL coming up next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't be sorry. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Welcome back. Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. It's time to talk some football, Abdallah. We're, you know, listen, we're only like a month away from training camp. Yeah, well, uh, a month away from training camp, 69 days away from the uh, opening night. And we're even closer to college football, which oh, is fantastic as well. Listen, I was so hooked that ESPN2 was showing a simulcast of TSN <laughs> CFL football game, and I was hooked. Let's talk with Matt Williamson now. He hosts the Locked On NFL podcast on iTunes. You can follow him on Twitter, Williamson NFL. He's really good on the NFL. He joins Chris Black and Adam Abdallah right now on ESPN 1000. And Matt, let's start with this. Uh, what did you make of what the Bears did this offseason heading into the year this year? Well, I mean, I think they're a very interesting team in a very interesting division because if I'm a Bears fan, I'm a little more worried about the Vikings and Packers than I was before. Um, the Bears didn't do a ton. I mean, the last couple off-seasons have been the big shake-up moves and obviously trading for Mac during the season and you know being a little light on draft picks. So they haven't done a ton. But I do think the defensive coordinator situation is an interesting one. And I'm a Chuck Pagano fan. He was actually our secondary coach when I was with the Browns. And um, Todd Bowles was his assistant, so it was a pretty good group of secondary guys. But I think losing Fangio is going to hurt. I mean, he did such a good job of putting in his putting his players in the perfect position to succeed. That I like this defense an awful lot, but I have to think the number of big plays are going to come down, and you know there might be a few more things exposed than there were when Fangio was running the show. We all know Khalil Mack is going to be good. He's one of the best yeah. defensive players in the in the NFL. But how good can some of the guys that really stepped up last year can be, like Eddie Jackson, guys like that, guys that really took the next step? Can they continue to grow under Chuck Pagano, or was last year kind of a everything coming together at the right time? Well, one thing that worries me a little bit is Pagano's system, assuming he's kept to what he's been doing throughout his career, 
is going to put a little more stress on the cornerback position. So the corners, I don't know, will take a step forward. I'm certainly a believer in Jackson, though. I mean, I think Jackson's right now in the competition for best safety in the league. I love what he did in college. Um, Roquan, to me, is an obvious candidate to take a huge step forward. Um, Hicks, to me, is a star that would be shocking to me if he doesn't maintain an, an elite level of excellence, too. So, I mean, they certainly are not hurting on that side of the ball. I didn't mean that by any stretch. I mean, there's a lot of star power. And with Roquan going into year two, I would think that he, you know that, that should continue and you may add another star to the mix with him. Matt Williamson talking NFL and the Chicago Bears with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's stick with the defense because the one thing that concerns me about this defense isn't necessarily any moves that were made in the offseason. It's just when you have such a great uh, turnover margin from last season heading into this season, there's no guarantee that the turnovers will be there once again. How do you think the Bears can kind of try and make up ground for the fact that maybe the luck factor was in the, on their side last season where maybe this year the turnovers won't be there the same way? Yeah, that's a tough one. And honestly, I'm not getting, dancing around your, your question, but it's a tough one to analyze too because turn, taking the ball away – can obviously be very random. But I will say, I mean, historically, this defense is very good at it, and with the number of playmakers they have, I don't think they'll go towards the bottom of the league or anything along those lines. But kind of like you alluded to, it would absolutely blow me away if they maintained that same level of taking the ball away. Um, It's interesting because I do a lot of work with the Steelers, the Steeler Nation Radio, and a huge problem they had this past year was they cut down the big plays, but they didn't take the ball away. So that's all we're talking about. How can they take the ball away more? Well, I mean, the Steelers went out and added some playmakers, and that will help where the Bears are going to keep the same guys that did such a good job. So I I do think it's, you know, they'll they'll still be very good in that regard, and Fangio is exceptional at putting in in those positions to get the ball, take the ball away, but it almost has to come back to the mean to some degree. And lastly, I do think, though, the number one component you look for when you for big plays is a pass rush and it would shock me especially with Mac around obviously that the pass rush drops off at all on the other side of the ball the team moved on from Jordan Howard they've got Tariq and Mike Davis and they drafted David Montgomery can the Bears be a productive team running the ball after moving on from Jordan Howard I think so I think Howard was an underrated zone quality running back that if it was 10, 15 years ago would probably be more revered around the league. I mean, he I, I really like his vision, his balance, his patience, power. Um, but I like Montgomery a lot, too, and I think Montgomery brings more of a well-rounded skill set. I think Davis was an underrated acquisition that is more than just a bottom-of-the-roster fodder-type guy. I would think Cohen's role might drop a little, uh, especially with Cordell Patterson in town, too, as a specialty guy. I like the line. Some of the young guys up front, I think, will be getting better, namely Daniels. Um, So I do think there'll be a productive running game, probably not an elite one or a great one, but a good running game. Matt Williamson joining Chris Block and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Mitch Trubisky going into his second year under Matt Nagy's offensive system. What do you expect from the quarterback for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest fan, but I recognize that there's a lot of ability there. And if I put together, you know, a highlight reel of Trubisky's moments as a bear, 
they'd be pretty impressive. You know, like he has made a lot of big-time throws, let alone his athleticism and size and strength and all those things. I'm just talking about as a pocket passer. He makes some A-plus type of throws. But there's just too much inconsistency, and I do think this is a crucial year because it is his second season in a really good system. And going back to college, you know, he just hasn't played a lot, you know, year after year after year. So he absolutely gets an incomplete grade, but inconsistency is the word I use in most of them, too. We compare him a lot with Jared Goff and, and what the Rams may do with him. And is it fair to judge him? Because everyone says you're supposed to judge a quarterback after their third year. That's when you kind of make the offer and you, you kind of decide whether or not this guy is your guy. Is it fair to judge him after this year since it'll only be his second year with Matt Nagy? Or should fans in Chicago be willing to give him this year and next year because it's going to take some time for him to grow? Even Because... He only played a year in college, too. So this is right. really only, you know, he's only had a few years here as a starter. So when would you properly start rating Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, I think you bring up a good way of looking at it that probably after next year, you, that incomplete grade should certainly be a lot firmer that, okay, he's the guy or maybe we need to move on from him. But I do think this is a critical year, too. I mean, NFL's not for long. I mean, you, you just can't. Um, he can't massage him along. I mean, he's going to, and what I mean by that is he, I think if he doesn't take a step forward this year, I'm worried, you know, where last year, the inconsistency, I think any smart analyst should have expected that, especially not playing a lot of college ball, first time in the system, all those things, a lot of new bodies around him. But this year I expect his supporting cast, namely Miller and Robinson, honestly, to be noticeably better and I think Trubisky should show a lot more consistency. I don't know that he'll ever be a super accurate thrower. Like, to me, Goff is always going to be the more accurate player of the two that you mentioned. And Goff really was aided by scheme, and I think Trubisky will have a lot of those advantages, too. But I see what you're saying. I mean, uh, I do think that this is a critical year for him, of course. But let's give it three. What's your philosophy if he's not the guy? It seems like Ryan Pace is married to him, and I really like Matt Nagy and his system, and I think that he could be, if he had a a, a quarterback that was NFL-ready, uh, that they would be even more successful than they were last year. But do you think that Matt Nagy would be able to just bring in someone else and develop him should Trubisky not be the guy in a few years? Well, I mean, there's always a lot of movement. I mean, yeah, you could maybe get... I mean, I hate to say something like an Andy Dalton or a car. Come on, man. Come on. I know that's not what you want to hear at all. I mean, nobody gets excited about those type of guys. But if if, if Trubisky is a really rough year, you obviously bring him back for year three, but you better bring a pretty good insurance plan at least to push him to stopgap until you can go get another one in the draft. I mean, they don't grow on trees, though. I mean, I think you're – you're basically married to Trubisky. And for now, like some of these great athletic quarterbacks, he has somewhat of a cheat code because he can make so many plays with his legs. And that's great. But if he's not more consistent delivering the ball from the pocket on throws he has to make, he'll be hard to win with. Matt Williamson joining Chris Bluck and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. The Green Bay Packers have a new head coach. They uh, drafted on defense. They signed guys in free agency on defense. What do you think the outlook for the Green Bay Packers heading into this season is? Yeah, I've been saying a lot that I think that's the most improved defense in the league, and I think it's got a chance to be you know, rival the Bears and the Vikings as, as a top type of defense now. I really like what they did. I absolutely believe that Rodgers played last year 
very injured, more injured than any of us know. I mean, he had that knee injury, what, week one, and it looked terrible, and he was never quite the same, and tons and tons of throwaways that weren't really his M.O. before. So a healthy Rodgers and a great defense, I think, should scare the heck out of Bears fans, to be very honest with you. What I think is interesting with that team, though, is with LaFleur now taking over, Rodgers absolutely is going to have to be an old dog that learns new tricks, play action, turning his back to the defense, things he's not comfortable doing. But he also, if he buys in, and I don't know if he will, that'll be a huge critical component to that team. The scheme will aid him much more than it has because McCarthy, what he did schematically and with his offense was very outdated and it was too reliant on Rodgers being Superman. And now if you can give him you know, a, a, a lot more help with the passing game by route combinations, pre-snap motion, uh, play action, things like that, Rodgers may go back to being the best player in the league. You broke down the Pro Football Focus rankings on your Locked On NFL podcast. They have the Vikings ranked five teams ahead of the Packers. Do you think that the Vikings are the second-best team in the division? I think the Packers might be the best team in the division. The Vikings might be two, and the Bears might be three. Well, Matt, you know you're on a shot. I mean, come on. I'm come sorry. On. I like the unbiased opinion. That's no, good. Yeah, That's what we need. I think yeah, they're yeah. very similar. I, I did a power rank like a month ago. It's the first one I've done since the draft, and I had those three teams very, very close, and I think they're all contenders. Um, I think the Vikings O-line and the addition of Kubiak goes a long way, too. Matt Williamson joining Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Will Dak Prescott get a new contract before training camp starts? I think so. I I really do. I think he... I, I thought his rookie year, he was a little bit overrated because he, you know, that people looked at him like he's a phenom, but I really thought that the the line and Zeke and all those guys helped him a great deal. And I mentioned before how the Packers passing game was very outdated. Well, I think the, the Cowboys has been as archaic as any in the league and that he's gotten the least help from scheme and things like that of anyone around them or of anyone really in the league. So I think Prescott's a very underrated player. And you saw it when you had Amari Cooper, and that he was much, much more productive, a much better football player, because he got a little help for once in the passing game. Um, I'm not saying he's a great player, but he'd be, you'd be crazy to move on from him. You mentioned creating a power rankings uh, earlier. Do, who do you have as your number one team going into the season so far? I picked the Saints. Um, I don't feel super strong about one team being a lot better than the others. Um, I just looked at New Orleans and thought, they're really short on holes. You know, I, I don't know where they're bad. You know, Matt, sometimes in uh, we have the NBA free agency this weekend, and everyone's talking about all the different players that can move. And sometimes when players do move in the, in the NBA, that creates a championship-level team. Where in the NFL, player movement and free agency noise doesn't necessarily mean that that team is going to be good. And that's kind of what I'm pointing to with the Cleveland Browns. What do you see the Browns actually doing? I get that they're going to lead Sports Center, They're going to get all the hype with all the moves that they made this offseason. But don't they have to prove that they're at least a 500 ball club before we start anointing them as the best team in the division? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I do a lot of Steeler stuff, so we talk a lot of Browns. I mean, this is the first time that Pittsburgh is not the the favorite in the division. You know, the king of the north, and and the people, and you could just tell around the Steeler facility, they kind of question. I mean, the, they're kind of laughing to themselves that 
boy, everyone's picking the Browns to win the division, huh? I mean, didn't <laughs> a year ago, one year ago, we were talking about this team can win a game. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that was what the questions around the Browns were 365 days ago. And I think they have assembled an exceptional roster. But I also, and I, I, I was employed by the Browns for a year. I was a scout for the Browns for the year. Having expectations is much harder, and all the eyes will be on them. If you go on a two-game losing streak, can a first-time head coach, you know, right the ship with all those big uh, egos and personalities? It certainly could work well. Don't get me wrong. I think they're more talented than any of the other teams in the North if you just look at it on paper. But I don't really trust their offensive line, and that's something that they have had as a backbone and now is a little bit questionable. I'm a big Baker Mayfield believer, but I just think they might be a team to reckon with next year. And this year might be the year that they learn how to win. Matt, we appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. This was fun. That's Matt Williamson from the Locked On NFL podcast on iTunes. You can download it right there to your device. You can also follow him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. A couple interesting things from that interview, and it's a really good uh, NFL conversation right there. You know, I, I really strongly believe, like, we need to see it from the Browns before we can say they're going to be a great team. Hype in the NFL in the offseason never leads to victories once we get to the fall. Right, like stability, offensive, defensive line play, guys who show up to work, get the job done. That, that's the type of team uh, atmosphere that, that wins in the NFL, the Patriots. Where's the hype every year for around the Patriots? There is no hype. It, it's just show up and do your job. Tom Brady's just there. Yes, Belichick's just there. They just find guys to plug and play. That's why they're so successful. The Browns, on the other hand, winning all of the headlines this offseason... Everyone thinks they're going to be the next team to jump up and be a great NFL team. It's like, hold up, win some games first before. And listen, they're going to be front and center. Their their national televised uh, schedule is is they have a lot of games this season. People are going to be well aware of what the Browns are doing. I want to see it first because it, to me, in the NFL, you need substance before you can do the flashy uh, hype thing. Because like, if you look at the Browns, there's a lot of non substance around the the Odell Beckham Jr. joining. Baker Mayfield and all the off the field stuff. Let's see them actually produce. Now, outside of that, I do like them as players. And I think that they're going to be pretty good. I just don't think they're going to be the best team in the AFC. I, I don't see that. Matt Williamson also saying that the Vikings and the Packers, both ahead of the Bears heading into the season, he thinks the Packers are going to be the best team in the division. The Vikings will be the second best team, and the Bears will be the third best team in the NFC North. That's interesting. I mean, the Packers made a lot of moves, but I think the Bears are at least better than the Vikings, and I, I hope that they're better than both. What's Durant going to do? Adrian Wojnarowski has a new article on ESPN.com. He is going to meet with four teams. I'll tell you who those teams are next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You can keep my- Welcome back under the hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah. Abdallah left early, which is the most Abdallah thing ever to go to a concert. 
He left early from the show to go to a concert. Is there anything more uh, typecasting to Adam Abdallah, the character, than that? Leaving the show early to go to a concert at Northerly Island. I think the National. You're his best friend. If you had to describe him to people that didn't know him, you would have to throw that in there. Yeah, he he would dip early for a concert. That's exactly an Abdallah move. He would maybe take a gummy on his way as well. Uh, Thank you to Nate Duncan for joining the show. Matt Williamson with good NFL uh, coverage and conversation. Thanks to Sean Davis for producing the show as well. The latest from Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN.com. Kevin Durant, Golden State's uh, free agent, is planning to engage in four teams in discussions upon opening NBA free agency on Sunday. The Nets, the Clippers, the Knicks, and the Warriors, league sources tell ESPN. There's expected to be some combination of face-to-face meetings and a communication by other means with Durant and his business manager, Rich Kleinman, front office sources, have told Adrian Wojnarowski and ESPN.com. So the Nets, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Warriors. Durant's in New York, so face-to-face with the Nets and the Knicks. What, he's going to Skype, use FaceTime for the Clippers and the, and the Warriors? All right, we'll figure it out. Uh, Chris Black here. I will be back with you a special time on Sunday morning, 7 to 8 a.m., because we are walking you into coverage of the Red Sox and the Yankees. They play baseball in the morning in London, so I'll talk to you on Sunday. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.